0: Good afternoon good evening whatever it may be for you i hope you are having a flippin fantastic day so you want to get your images from the field to the frame all right when it comes down to it everyone's going to have a subjective opinion about this it depends on who you're going to talk to there's no specific formula but realistically you're going to want to go out there you're going to want to shoot an image and then you get it back onto your computer, you're gonna edit it through whatever editing program you're gonna use. Of course, I'm gonna recommend what everybody utilizes, mainly because I'm very comfortable with it. I know the workflow within it and I know the quality that it represents. And realistically, you know, it's the most streamlined approach that you can have. Um, Lightroom, if you really, really want, you can go into Photoshop as well. Photoshop is gonna be ideal, but, Really, I mean, for the vast majority of circumstances, you can get away with just having Lightroom. Lightroom Classic, I must admit, is gonna be the best for you. Um, Yeah, so, when it comes down to it, getting things ready to print. If you're gonna wanna do it yourself, it's gonna be quite complex, it's gonna be challenging. If you wanna go through a vendor, there are quite a few high-quality vendors that can be recommended, but do some shopping around. Check out some samples and really, if you haven't done much printing before, please go through the process of getting a test print done and really being able to actually get somebody to assist you and walk you through the motions, because that's gonna be something that really is gonna be advantageous for you because really printing in itself is an art form. It is extremely challenging when you haven't done it before. And I don't want to say that to scare you away, but I know that there's a lot of people who go in and they'll print an image and then they won't be happy with the result. And that can be from a whole range of different things. It can be something as simple as not calibrating the printer profile to the profile that you've utilised for the paper. You know, there's small, minute details. And really, if you go through a vendor, that's going to most often, you'd hope, get fixed up but in some circumstances, you know, it may not. And with some online vendors, you may not get the results that you truly desire. You may be looking at the image on your computer screen and you may be thinking, this is fantastic. I am so excited to get this done up and chuck it on my wall or sell it. And when it comes down to it, if you don't have quality control, if you're just sending it off online to a vendor that you're not familiar with, you don't know the quality of, it becomes very difficult to be proud of that piece if it comes back you know and it's not at the optimal quality there's not much you can do about it sometimes if you've got somebody on the other end who's waiting for it as well you know you've got no choice and that's unfortunately when there are a lot and a high volume of images going out they don't have any quality control you know they just say we well, did the job the job's been ticked off we'll move to the next one they don't check it They don't mind, they don't care. Quality is not what they're really worried about. They're worried about volume. So that's the issue sometimes that you may come across with some large vendors, especially overseas vendors. You know, ones where there's not an actual shop front can be very difficult. Even, you know, some with shop fronts, they just... It's really important to make sure that you build some trust with your printing vendor and go through the motions of having a few things done, getting the test prints done, checking it all out and making sure that you are happy with the results because you know ask for some advice um both asking for advice from fellow photographers but also asking advice from the printing vendor if there's anything that you can do to maybe improve the final product the end result the quality of it you know like really you're gonna have to just adjust things to what you want to do when it comes to the editing side know everyone's going to have a different eye if you want to go through and you know you want to lift the blacks pump the whites whatever it may be if you've got a specific aesthetic style that you want to represent your images with then you go for that but (laughs) printing is vastly different to looking at it on a screen um and i think that's something that you really have to recognize you know some aesthetics that may you think look really appealing on maybe an instagram feed may not look as great when you get it printed out and unfortunately some of the things that we may do in post processing they may hinder the final quality of that image and they may actually have a destructive aspect within that workflow they may be destroying the quality of that file when you're going through and you're you know manipulating all the different aspects and then you may not be able to actually get the quality that you really want When you print it up and that is something that you really do have to consider you can get noise within the image You can get some real unfortunate um, You can you can call it whatever you want, but you know It's it's just an unsatisfying result, you know You want to get a product that you're going to be proud of, realistically. Especially if you're going to be selling it. If you just want to chuck it on the wall, then just go for it. You can go with one of those offshore vendors. You can't just get it done for cheap. But really, I know that when you're paying for quality, you've got that assurance. You know what's going to be represented. You know, for me, I've always gone with a high-quality vendor. And yes, it's going to be a little bit more exit. You're going to pay a little bit more. But the quality is assured. You know what the end result is going to be, and you know that the materials utilized are always going to be at the optimal quality. And I think that the materials used sometimes can be something that's swept under the radar, but it also has a very big impact. So, really, you know, that's how you get it from the field to the frame. But the editing side of things is, you know, I'm not going to say that I have an objective opinion on this. Because everyone's going to have a subjective side to them if they've gone through the process of, you know, utilizing any form of editing software. Like personally, I like to keep things as minimal as I can, so that I can really challenge myself in getting it right in the field. You know I love that challenge. It is something that personally, really, consistently drives me forward to be able to actually learn and develop as much as I possibly can and optimize my opportunity for the future. Now, I don't want to just go through and say, you know, I've got to cook everything in post so that I can get something that's going to be a, you know, appealing display as a final result. It just, it doesn't appeal to me as much. Sure, in some circumstances, I've got to say I am guilty of it. But, you know, it's something that within me, I'd much prefer to get it right in the frame. And that's my approach when I am going into it consistently and consecutively. You know, if I want to get something... It's going to be printed up. I want to be entirely proud of it. But really, when you're going through the motions, you're constantly going to be evolving and adapting. Um, some of your images they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a little bit older. They're going to be older works, and sometimes your eye may adjust to think, "Man, what was I thinking?" <laughs> but you got to remember that at the time, you were proud of it, and that is one of the greatest parts of it as well. Recognizing the progression within, because you never want to get to a point where you are stagnant. You want to be constantly evolving and challenging yourself and developing it you know so being able to actually look back and recognize that you have progressed and your eyes progressed you know and that your style has as well I think that's a real testimony to the fact that you haven't just plateaued you haven't just allowed yourself to sit still that you've really been looking to build and develop yourself and I think that's a really great thing and you've got to be really proud of that you know it's going to be on the wall you really have to you have to consider that when you're actually in the field as well you know you have to consider how it's going to sit on somebody's wall in somebody's home you know in their office whatever it may be like honestly i'm always shooting for wall space that's something that i've adapted my style to and my approach to so i'm always always prepared and aware of what it's going to be as a final product You know, I I know what the aesthetic is that I'm going to be going for within the post-processing aspect. And for me, I I do take quite a minimal approach, you know, I'll drop a little bit of the highlights. If we're talking a Lightroom workflow, I'll just go through it quickly. So we'll go with the highlights. Sometimes, depending on the image, everything's going to be very, very dependent on the image. But average, I'd say highlights dropped anywhere between 40 to 70, negative 40 to 70. shadows i will often really really keep it below plus 20 uh because i really like to have that natural contrast you know i don't i don't want to manipulate things too much it's presented in the scene how it is you know you got to appreciate that you got to really embrace the beauty of nature as it stands and at least for me i mean (laughs) it sounds very biased doesn't it it is very biased let us be real but i mean you know i don't pull the shadows up too much um sometimes i may go to plus 50 but i will drop down the blacks so it's not washed out it, it still has that natural contrast that's presented within the scene and within the setting and that environment that i'm shooting Whites right, so i'll bring them up quite a bit um punch it sometimes you know so that it still has that real that real mood that is actually represented within the field i really do love to actually have that complete depiction of exactly what I see within the field, you know, sure, I I get very energised and I get very, you know, fueled by the adrenaline of chasing these incredible displays, so it may be, you know, it may be um, influenced, you could say, in that manner, because I see it and I, I really do believe that it is so beautiful and I want it to be represented in that manner. So it is exactly how I see it and that's my representation of it, it's, it's seeing the scene, it's that emotive engagement that I have as well but it's also, you know, I, I do see things in a very contrasting manner and I really note those aspects from going out there and shooting it so frequently so that is something that I do like to do, I will bring down the highlights a little bit and then bring up the whites a little bit too so that it has that natural contrast. It doesn't look washed out, but I don't have to do anything with the actual contrast slider. You know, down from there, as I said, um, we'll drop the blacks a little bit. Sometimes I'll have a full black point and then, you know, go in and adjust the tone curve accordingly, but most often that's going to be how it is. Um, Just a little bit, maybe up to negative 20, but nothing really too major. Um, Usually around negative 10, 15. So going through the extra detail sliders, you could say um we've got texture i don't often use texture too much you know it's it's very finite detailed contrast um sometimes if it's really essential i may go up to plus 10 but i haven't actually done that with any of the images that i've printed to be entirely honest um then we got oh we got clarity as well i don't use clarity personally i'm sure if you want to it can be a very advantageous tool to utilize similar to texture um great to use as little spot brushes, um, utilizing that within different areas and being able to specify it, lead the eye throughout the frame to different kind of aspects of it through these tools can be extremely advantageous. Um, I mean radial filters generally they can be extremely advantageous if you are able to utilize them in a manner that you feel is representing what it is that you want to represent. I don't personally use them, I don't really use gradual filters, um, I don't, yeah, I don't really enjoy going through and doing that too much. At least that's where I'm at currently. You know, I've done a little bit in the past, uh, maybe three years ago, I went pretty heavy on the whole editing side of things because I really wanted to test myself, see what I was actually capable of doing with the whole post-processing side of things. You know, went deep into Photoshop, understood how we can, you know, utilise the tools that are available to us. But I also recognised for myself that it just... It wasn't the challenge that I really wanted, you know. It seemed almost, I wouldn't say too easy, but it just wasn't as fun. Like, you've got to really, you've got to get it right in the field. <laughs> at least, that's how I see it. And I really enjoy that. Because you can't just go through and say, oh, you know, I made a mistake, but I can't just fix it up. It's better having the discipline or at least owning, you know, the things that you can improve on. Um, because then you're able to really acknowledge it. And that's really, really important for your progression. Now, not just relying on something that you can do after the fact, but pursuing the act of getting it right when you're there. And that's, yeah, essential, I think, to continue being able to develop yourself in all regards. Um, yeah, so I missed also D-Haze. Sometimes I'll go up to plus five, but I yeah, don't really like doing too much in that area. Uh, so Tone Curve. Sometimes I'll pick up the blacks to four. I will drop the shadow area you could say um you know just a little bit underneath the linear line going straight from the you know bottom left quadrant to the top right quadrant i um, just dropping it a little bit below that and picking the highlights up just a little bit you know this is all going to be uh, adapted to this specific image by just getting a little bit of an s-curve Bringing out a little bit of the harshness sometimes of the blacks and a little bit of the whites as well potentially Um, And then just having kind of, yeah, a little bit of punch but taking a little bit of the harshness out of it So from there sharpening, you know, jump it up to about 80 Sometimes radius, most often I'll go around 1, sometimes 1.2 Detail, usually keep it around 25, sometimes go up to about 50 Masking, depending on the image, go through, click either... hold sorry alt or command um, and then click the mask slider and then go straight up to however much you want to see it you know you can do that with a vast majority of um, different filters or different detail sliders and you'll be able to note what kind of an impact it actually has on the details Um, same with the noise reduction but yeah I think that sharpening is one of the most important things Um, you can also go through and utilize either a high-pass filter Um, on photoshop or go into an unsharp mask you know dropping in two of those sometimes can work really well one for finite details and one for a more local kind of adjustment on the sharpening but most often you'll get away with just going for it in lightroom um noise reduction depending on what you're shooting depends if you're shooting with a high iso you can go through and get rid of some of the color noise um you know if you've brought up a lot in exposure I didn't talk about exposure because it's really, you know, it depends entirely on the image. It depends on what mood you're really going for and what vibe you're going for in that specific and respective image. So, you know, it's very circumstantial. That's why I didn't really touch on it. Um, but yeah, noise reduction. If you really do have a lot of noise in the image from either bringing up the exposure in post or shooting it high ISO, then, sure, noise reduction is going to be good for you, but... Sometimes it really can have a negative impact. Um, It can go both ways. Sometimes it can be great for print, but if you're shooting large and you put in noise reduction, uh, sometimes it can have a really negative impact on the final result because it just looks pretty bland and washed out and it doesn't have the detail that you're really after. Sometimes, again, you can go back to that texture slider, fix that up a little bit, but don't go, I'd say don't go above 10 often. um, I wouldn't say even going above five, you know, boost up the noise reduction on colour to anywhere up to about 40 if you really want to but it's not entirely necessary that's only for real um, noisy image noisy images <coughs> then going from there next area we've got i'm pretty sure oh we've got the hsl i don't personally do anything with the hsl um sometimes i'll take out a little bit of the blue um you know that's just because most often it's not going to be a complementary color of what it is that i'm actually focusing on and i really want you know based on the color theory i want there to be a real flow throughout the scene i don't want it just to be taken away from what is actually being represented by something like a blue punch you know so yeah especially also shooting with a circular polarizer sometimes if you're someone to do that it can be a little bit unappealing sometimes to have too much blue in there Also, I forgot the vibrance and saturation slider. Um, Man, often, personally, I just, max I'll go these days with vibrance is plus five, and then saturation plus two, and I really don't even enjoy doing that. Like I much prefer just representing exactly what is actually there in the scene, because realistically you don't need to boost any of those when you get yourself in the right place at the right time during the golden hours, I believe. Um, when I first began, I, I still see, you know, a spectacular sunset or sunrise, and I, I would feel <laughs> inclined still to boost the saturation all the way up to plus 10 sometimes, and I was like, why, why would I even do that? You know, I like, plus 10 was still my max for both vibrance and saturation, but, like, you know, even boosting it to plus 6 or 8, I'd be like, why? why would I even do that now? I don't feel the need I don't want to it's no fun um plus it just yeah you're cooking it you don't need to do that don't do it (laughs) get yourself in the right place at the right time and if you don't try again next time um next we have split toning I personally don't really do anything with split toning um max let go would be like a five having something maybe a little bit specific in the highlights i won't usually do anything with the shadows um because my images are quite contrasting often and they yeah it, it just doesn't have the right vibe it doesn't really match up if i do anything with the shadows um and i really don't do anything with the highlights most often anyway i'd say 99 percent of the time i won't touch it but it can be a very very helpful tool sometimes you know for some people they absolutely love it um I just personally, you know, like I said to begin, I I do like to keep it pretty minimal overall. Um, Next, we got profile corrections. You know, going through, just removing chromatic aberrations, uh, putting in profile corrections. Sometimes I will actually take out the distortion um, correction because, you know, it's a very specific kind of representation um, when you have a wide-angle lens. And it's very unique, and I think that, you know, Back when the days of film were around you didn't have the option of enabling profile correction. So sometimes it can be a bit of a different aesthetic, um and a different feel being able to really have that. Sometimes yes, it does distort things far too much. I'm not saying that I do it at all very often, but it can be something unique and it can be a little bit different. Because you're really just embracing the way that the camera sees it, not how the computer thinks it should be seen. You know? Um, But in saying that, I always remove chromatic aberration because that thing really frustrates me when it's not removed. You know, you don't want halos of any, you know, pinks or anything like that. That's obviously, you know, going to be from the digital aspect of it. But, yeah, interesting stuff. And then what do you got? You got the colour profiling from my knowledge? Colour profiling? I don't remember what they actually call it. Um, But, yeah, I don't do anything there. Um, That's not actually correct, it's not colour profiling, it's colour adjustment or something along those lines. The last tab in Lightroom, um, I don't do anything with it, really, just keep it as version 6, whatever it may be, and then just keep the tints, Um, keep our reads, all the different colours, you know, the reds, blues, greens, keep it as is. Um, You can go through and adjust it if you really want, but sometimes, yeah, it's going to have a negative impact on it you don't want to do too much with a camera yeah. you don't want to do saturation how it's reading you know the colours unless you've got a very very specific um idea that you want to represent or a different feel that you want to represent but really that's when it gets I think that's when it really gets into the digital art aspect of it It's fine for some you know but as you can probably tell with my workflow it's not really ideal for me personally in the vast majority of circumstances especially going from the field to the frame um yeah, so, I guess, as I touched on before, then you got your radial and your gradual filters. Um, a lot of people love it. You know, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with it as long as you do it um, conservatively and you know that you're not cooking the quality and really having a detrimental impact on the final result of that image. You know, it's great to be able to lead people's eyes throughout the frame. I think a lot of really great um well-renowned photographers these days in the the digital sphere do a lot of it especially because they have such limited real estate um to actually represent what it is that they want so they have to draw out or draw people's eye in and then be able to really you know grasp that attention in external ways as opposed to just leading it throughout the frame and i think that you know that's just that's an adaptation that photography has had um I don't believe that it's right or wrong to go for it and just utilize that but you know just make sure that you're not going crazy with it and make sure that you know you do take the time to actually look at the final product um from a distance and yeah make sure that you're going to be really proud of it and that you're not just doing it because you think that other people like it or that you think it's going to look good because other people are doing it you know that's often something that so frequently does happen, and sure, like I said, it's great to have influences. Um but yeah, recognise when you're doing something because someone else does it, and you're not doing it because you really want to do it, or, you know, it's, it's important to do what you want to do, um, yeah, and then, I guess, if you really want, go through, have... You can go through, and you can have a digital signature if you want, um, or you can sign it afterwards, whatever's preferred for you, if you're going to limit it, and sometimes it's better to do it physically. Um, But, yeah, you know, printing's a very, very interesting thing, and it's so incredibly rewarding being able to actually have an image that you've created up there on the wall, whether it's in your home, someone you love, their home, you know, or within a space of a client, you know, somebody who really appreciates your work and wants it on their wall. That, that's such a, you know, such an incredibly fulfilling feeling. And I think that everyone as a photographer should put themselves in that position where they're able to really feel that, you know. Like, don't feel the necessity to jump straight into wanting to make it a bloody business if you're not prepared. But go through the motions of wanting to present what you can to others and value your work in the process because it's extremely rewarding and if you have the opportunity to get a printer yourself and just like print a whole bunch of photos and then create a bloody collage or whatever it may be create a scrapbook do something like that i recommend it you know go through the motions get yourself a printer second hand and just you know print them up make mistakes don't be afraid to make a mistake it's like i i went into this saying you know make sure that you do this that and everything else when you print it because you don't want to be um You don't want to be getting frustrated with yourself or thinking that you've done something wrong or something's gone wrong in the process, Um, you know, but in in saying that, like, as long as you have somebody who can advise you um, or you're not afraid of making those mistakes, like, I really recommend it. Go through the motions. Just make sure that you're in a place where it's it's not going to really... Have too much of an impact on your financial situation that you are comfortable enough to do that because sometimes, you know, printing up things can be a little bit pricey. Um, Especially, you know, you're investing in a printer, it's going to be a little bit expensive. But just go for it, you know. Go through the motions. See what you can do with it. It's a very, very rewarding and enjoyable experience being able to really go through that. So, yeah, see what you can do with it. Um, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to really produce an image from the field to the frame as I noted to begin but I think that it is important to recognize what it is that you really want to represent how you want it to be conveyed what you are going to be truly proud of you know and sure things may change circumstances may change perspectives may change as you go through the motions of it all but do what you can to make yourself proud of that image and be able to accept if your perspective does shift because you know in the time that you did it that you were proud and that's all that really matters you know because progression is extremely extremely healthy so yeah see what you can do with it if you haven't printed your work before just i really do recommend it you know get some advice from somebody you know um, find a local printing vendor don't trial a few different ones because sometimes there, there are going to be differences in the quality, in the materials, you know. Um, you got to find one and a team that you really connect with, relate with and really know what it is that you want to represent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, most are going to be extremely happy to help you out. Um, and that's not just because you're going to give them business for the future. You know, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's a very fulfilling... Activity, And I think that the majority of people in that area and in that business recognise it. So they want to be able to provide it to as many people as they can. So, yeah, see what you can do. See how they come out. I did miss one very, very important aspect of it. It's the whole exporting element. Ah, probably the most important Um, yeah so make sure that you've actually resized it specifically to exactly the size that you want Um, make sure that you're not resizing or editing a JPEG file make sure that it is a DNG PSD or TIFF um, and make sure that it's optimal in quality like in all regards Um, and yeah like get a converter check out what pixels the specific dimensions are going to be and don't resize it too much if you resize it from original up leave it there don't resize it down from there just resize the original again Um, make sure that you don't have a destructive workflow in the process and really try to make the most of that base size that you have and recognize how to save it and have it there available for you when you do want to shift things. But, yeah, most often you'll be going through a vendor. Um so it should be all fine but go through and get your printer profile um connected with the correct profile of the computer and then connect the printer with the correct paper you know all of that kind of stuff embed the color profile within the file um and you should be sweet honestly see what you can do with it as i stated <laughs> but i do recommend just give it a whirl so Yeah, I appreciate your time and hopefully this has been valuable and I will most definitely catch you on the flip side. Farewell.